Yeah, I think it's a happy exhausted. That manifests itself in a lot of ways. So I'm really busy, but I'm also very happy, which means I'm focused on other parts of my life and improving those areas. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Over the next several months, we're going to be bringing some past guests back on the podcast to be able to catch up with them and show you in a series that we call Where Are They Now? How things have changed since we last had them on the show. Because one of the things that we've realized as we've talked about it behind the scenes is a lot of times when you hear the stories that we've shared on the podcast, you just get a snapshot on in time and you don't realize how much one intentional career change and going through the effort to learn how to make a really intentional career change that lines much more with your strengths and what you want out of life and work, going through all that effort to be able to make that happen, it doesn't just change your job once, it changes how you look at it for your entire life. Yesterday, I shared Laura Morrison's story from last time she was on the podcast. And if you haven't listened to that, definitely go back in your podcast feed, find yesterday's episode, and it'll be so much more helpful to fill in her initial story as she made a really amazing transition. And if you've already listened to that, then you already know how she made a really compelling transition and not only increased her salary, but at the same time, found work that really allowed her to grow in the ways that she needed the most and still continue to be flexible for her family and serve the other areas of her life in what she wanted. Very, very cool, right? But we brought her back on the Happen to Your Career podcast to help you should see what's happened since then. How has her life progressed after she did the hard work of making this initial change and learn how to do that for her life and work? Now, here's something that is really interesting about Laura, and you may have already picked this up in the first conversation. Laura is not somebody who was unaware of herself. In fact, she was very self-aware, but she's done such a nice job taking that to a much, much deeper level and really doing that hard work of defining what she wants and needs most. And that has paved the way for her to be able to get into not just a great situation, but continue to modify that situation, continue to evolve that situation for what her life and work looks like and feels like right now. As Laura and I started our conversation today, she's telling me a little bit about how she has a new three-year-old and sharing some of those struggles. That's right. Yeah, I have a three and a half month old named Simon. So my second child, which is very exciting. It's very, very exciting. And <laughs> I think the other thing that you told me is that you are surprised the, the length of the time that it now takes to get out the door with multiple children in tow. Yeah, absolutely. It's like some sort of scheduling and coordination challenge every time. Oh my goodness. Yes. So speaking of learning and growth, there's a whole, yeah, exactly. a whole separate growth <laughs> curve right there, right? Exactly. Laura, what was going on in your world the last time we got the opportunity to chat? 
So the last time we chatted, I think my first day at work was the next week at my new role. So a year and a half later, I've kind of been a product manager, and which is a new role for me. But what got me to that point where we were talking a year and a half ago was several years of just feeling like my job didn't fit me very well anymore. And even though on paper, it was a good job. I had a lot of responsibility. You know, my career trajectory looked good. I was kind of unhappy and I was unhappy for at least three years. And where I got stuck was I didn't know what to do with that information. I didn't know what type of role I would be happy in. I didn't know if it was work in general that made me unhappy or the type of work I was doing. And so I kind of sat in that for a little too long until I found Happened to Your Career. So through that process, I think you're right, about seven or eight months, I started to discover more about the types of roles I'd be interested in and was able to pivot from an engineering consulting type position to a product management position. Which is pretty amazing in itself. And if if you haven't given yourself a ton of credit for that, that is awesome. It was really cool to be able to have a bit of a front row seat to that happening. But I'm curious, since that point in time, you, you pivoted, mm-hmm. like we had the chat, you went into <laughs> work, a year and a half, another kid, all this stuff has happened. Yes. What else are some of the major, major points that have occurred since then? What else has happened in your life and career? Catch us up for just a minute or two. Yeah, I think career-wise, I was surprised. I mean, not, I guess surprised is a little strong word, but I didn't expect that it would take so long for me to feel comfortable in a new role. Having been in a position where I knew exactly what I needed to do all the time, so much so that I was bored, and then going from that to new company, new role, kind of high-paced environment, it was it was a lot of kind of struggle. And I was really happy to have made the change, but then I was working really hard to figure out okay, how do I become an expert in this new position? How do I learn all of the things? And there's a lot of things in a product management role, if anyone's familiar with one, so that I could feel like I was really thriving again in a new in a new place. So, you know, a year and a half, I've kind of launched and been responsible for launching a new product, software product at the company. I've worked with a handful of different uh, scrum teams or engineers who build the software with various focuses, kind of moving from new product development to thinking about retention goals and really just learning how to understand the customer perspective, how to make sure the entire organization knows what you're up to because in kind of the world of product management, you're making decisions that affect a lot of people. And it's important that those people understand why and aren't surprised when when things change and, and things change all the time. So really, I feel like I've spent the last year and a half kind of owning that role and and getting up to speed on how to be a successful product manager and how to navigate all of the nuances of that. Let me ask you about that because obviously many of the people that are listening right now are considering different types of occupations, different types of careers, and trying to decide for themselves what really is truly right for them. So from Product manager, there's a lot of people out there that probably don't necessarily that maybe have an idea of what product manager is on a regular basis or does, but can you provide a, just a little bit more context or maybe even some yeah. of the things that surprised you that that you didn't know that a product manager did and got to find <laughs> out and learn over the last year? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I was one of those people who didn't know what a product manager was. I saw it popping up on more and more friends' LinkedIn profile titles, but really didn't know myself. So a product manager in particular, a software product manager, is responsible for setting kind of the goals and the roadmap for the software and then turning in those kind of translating those business goals into like work products that the software engineers can develop and put out into the world. So there's a couple of things in that. One of them is in order to understand what you should build, you really need to understand the customer. And you can do that through data analytics. We have data that shows, you know, how many times people clicked on different buttons in the software. And probably more importantly, you talk to a lot of clients or customer-facing departments, people on the ground who kind of feel the pain and have this customer empathy. And I mentioned kind of the, the cross-team communication as well. Because I went from a, a manager role to an individual contributor role. But what's interesting about product management is that you need to be an influential leader, which means you don't know one reports to you, but you have to be able to have everyone kind of rally around you and your vision so that you can get the work done that needs to be done. It seems like from most of the product managers that I've interacted with in a lot of different industries and companies, some of them have teams, but most of them do not in a lot of mm-hmm. different ways. And it seems like that influencing piece and project management type piece is very, very key. Is that is that fair? Is that uh, I'm outside looking in, but uh, would you agree with that? And if so, where? Yeah, I totally agree with the influencing part. I would say I was a project manager in my last role. What's different about product management is that in projects, they talk about waterfall, but the idea is that you have chunks of work that's dependent on other work and you look really far out in advance. With a lot of product management or agile product development, you're trying to move much quicker than that. So you don't actually want to know what's happening in six months. You're trying to react really quickly to what's going on so you can make changes quickly, test things, see if they're working. If they're not working, try something else. And the idea is you don't want to invest a ton of time and and money and energy in something for six months to find out six months later it was the wrong place to put your bets. So you're kind of moving much more quickly in that way. And it's been a shift for me to, to stop thinking like a project manager and try to start thinking like a product manager. That's interesting. You know, something I heard you say maybe two or three minutes ago was about getting back to that point where you were, you called it thriving. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I recall from some of our conversations over the last however long it's been was that one thing that you were really adamantly wanting was that additional challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost I'm almost hearing like you got exactly what you wanted, yes. but be careful what you wish for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so help, help me help me understand what about that was wonderful for you and what about that was different than you anticipated when you set about saying, hey, you know, I, I definitely want a new and different challenge because in some ways it sounds like you got exactly that. Exactly. Yeah, I think be careful what you wish for is a good one. You know, it's interesting. I, people ask about kind of the work and it is an incredibly challenging job. It's a really high paced environment that I work in, really high expectations on individuals and teams. And of course, that can be really trying. But I really enjoy that 
I'm being challenged and I'm exhausted because I'm working hard and I'm learning every day and there's always room for improvement. Whereas I would leave work before exhausted because I was bored and I was kind of frustrated with myself for continuing to be bored. So I still leave work exhausted. It's just that now the exhaustion is from kind of flexing my brain and, and personal development and kind of much more excitement about the work that I'm doing and being invested in it. What do you feel like is the difference from your perspective in how that feels? Because at the end of the day, all, I shouldn't say all, most routes going through life mm-hmm. are hard. Most, yeah. most work of many different types is hard in one way or another. A lot of the times it can, it can be exhausting, but you're describing two different types of exhaustion. So I'm curious in your mind, what is the difference in the feeling associated with those two different types of exhaustion? Yeah, I think it's a happy exhausted or a depressed exhausted, right? So I think that manifests itself in a lot of ways. So I'm really busy, but I'm also very happy, which means I'm focused on other parts of my life and improving those areas like, you know, taking care of myself, exercising, eating better, any sort of personal development. I feel like I have more of an appetite for because I'm in a a different brain space where, you know, I'm happy at work. I'm challenged at work. I'm proud of the work I'm doing and the learning. So that's kind of counter to the state I was in before where I was really, I was almost getting down on myself for not making a change so much so that it impacts the rest of my life because I was feeling loss of confidence, loss of motivation, kind of just generally discouraged overall. That's really interesting. That's a really interesting observation. It almost sounds like the period of time beforehand, mm-hmm. it was <laughs> that type of exhaustion was almost taking over everything where yeah. now you're describing still like at the end of the day, the, that more happy exhaustion. But you also mentioned in the same sentence, being able to focus on other areas of your life too, versus it just having completely take over. Is that accurate how I'm perceiving it? And two, what else would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely accurate. I think more that I have the motivation to kind of improve other parts of my life as well. I'd say whether or not work takes over, maybe a little, you know, I think about work more than I'm in the office for sure. Most of the time, I leave work and go home and I want to finish whatever it was I was doing. Sometimes it's because there's, you know, a deadline or pressure, but most of the time it's because I actually just want to get it done and and see it through. So there's, I have to be a little careful with myself and, and two young kids to make sure I can, you know, shut it down at the door and at least for a few hours. But yeah, I think it, there's just something about if you're happy at work or if you feel proud of the work you're doing, I think that just spills over into your confidence and kind of your life in general. Hmm. That's really interesting. So when you said the words back to thriving earlier, mm-hmm. what, what, what did you mean when you use that word thriving? What is, what does that mean in your mind? To me, I've always been a high achiever and I've set really high goals for myself from school to work And in the previous job, I was, you know, I was a top performer. I got promotions every few years. I had all these opportunities. And I think a lot of the thriving now that I'm striving for is kind of more just confidence in myself and my abilities that, you know, I can be an expert and a a senior product manager and 
that I have all the skills and knowledge to kind of do the job well, where, you know, I spent my at least eight years in my last career. So I had eight years to perfect that. And now it's been a year and a half. And so there's, there's always some of that feeling of, oh, I, you know, I haven't done this my whole career. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, but the more I've learned and the more I spend time with other people in product management roles, I think I realize that the struggles are role related as opposed to, to me related. And I would say in the beginning, that was something I really struggled with. Is this hard because I need to do something different? Is this hard because that the role is hard or is this hard because of some other factor like, you know, the company situation? And so being able to untangle that has really helped me feel more confident as well. How much do you think that is related to, well, let me give you some context before I ask the question. <laughs> I heard you say earlier about, hey, well, you know, I, I keep thinking about some of the work and I want to get it done. It's something that I want to push forward. So that indicates to me that some of those things are things that you you care about in one way or mm-hmm. another, right? Yeah. So how much do you think that for you, those challenges are there <laughs> because you you know care about the work or what happens with it or something in, in one way or another versus if that weren't if that weren't a problem, there would probably be a different mm-hmm. problem if you didn't care about the work. Maybe <laughs> that was more in the last situation, I'm unsure. But yeah. help me separate out how you're thinking about that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think personally, I tend to feel a lot of accountability towards other people. So I don't want to let myself down, but I also don't want to let other people down. And in a role in an organization where there's never enough time in the day for everything, I think part of that is driving me to want to wrap things up. But I also would say that I don't think I could be a product manager at every type of company. I think the reason I can do it where I am now is because I am passionate about the mission of the company the work that we're doing, uh, and I really believe in it. And I, I don't think that I would be happy in this role if that weren't the case, because it is a hard role that is challenging and kind of takes up a lot of my brain space in and out of the office. Yeah. Interesting. Totally different question, but I'm curious. Sure. <laughs> as you have gotten the opportunity to learn more and more of what creates more fulfilling work for you, and I've heard you mention and allude to a few of those pieces that create that more meaningful and more fulfilling work for you on an ongoing basis, but how has that understanding impacted your life, your family, your work over the last year and a half? I think... I mentioned that being happy in my career has kind of opened a lot of doors for me mentally outside of the office, focusing on kind of being the best parent I can or taking care of myself. So that's definitely a big change. I think it also kind of just helps. It helps me think about, you know, what I want next in my career. So I know that I enjoy roles where I can have a seat at the table and where I can make decisions. That's something I've kind of learned about myself in general. So I like being in charge (laughs) for better or worse, right? Just even knowing that little bit. And that's something I, I actually learned kind of through some of the tools at my organization kind of switched on its heels what I thought about myself, right? I thought that I really was motivated. And I even said this already by people but it's a different thing. I don't necessarily want to hang out and meet new people all the time. 
that stresses me out. It doesn't always fulfill me. It drains me in a different way. But when I get to kind of work with people on ideas that I'm passionate about, or when I get to have a seat at the table, that's when I get energy. So all that self-awareness has really kind of impacted how I approach work. And it's also something I can come back to when I say, is this still true? Does this role still meet those needs that I have from kind of just what I enjoy doing at work? That's really interesting. I think something that's very subtle and can be lost easily in the conversation. I just want to take a moment to both provide some context as well as ask you a few questions about one of the, I hear you starting get, getting into some of the layers underneath the people aspect, mm-hmm. because you said, Hey, you know, I originally thought that I was really motivated by you know, interacting with people. And, and that's partially true, but only in certain circumstances. <laughs> Right. And once you get into the layers and the context surrounding that, that really starts to give you more and more of those keys is what I'm hearing. But I wanted to provide just a little bit additional context to what we see because I think it can be easily missed. A lot of times we'll get people that are just a few years into their career all the way to $350,000 income earning executives that we'll talk to. And both of them will say things like, Hey, I've got these strengths and I really want to help people more. And that's a lot of times where the conversation starts, but it really gets you closer and closer and closer to creating an ideal life and ideal career, the more that you understand that nuance. So mm-hmm. before I ask my question, I just want to give you a compliment because you've done a really great job, both the point in time when we got the opportunity to work with you and then through the last year and a half, understanding that nuance more and more and more. So here's yeah. my actual question. What <laughs> advice would you give other people that want to understand more of that context and nuance? Because it always is slightly different than what you set out thinking it might be, just like in your case here? Yeah. You know, one of the exercises I did with you in the program was kind of write down the moments in your day that make you happy and maybe some of the ones that don't, right? And try to start to untangle what is it about that meeting that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy, right? It's not all, not all meetings are the same. Is it that you were with people that you know and have a great relationship with versus people you've never met before? You know, was it that you felt like you couldn't contribute or for other circumstances you couldn't? So what is it about those kind of day-to-day life and work moments? And there's, you know, probably hundreds within a day that kind of either pump you up or kind of push you down, And if you can start looking at those and categorizing them, you might be able to see kind of how the situations are different from a different lens. That's super insightful. So what what else have you learned over the last year and a half then that falls into that category about yourself where you're like, yeah, you know, I thought it was this, but it's really more about that. Or as I understand the deeper layers, it's really specifically about this. What's a what's an example of that for you? Let's see. So I think one which is similar to what I just said is that I really enjoy people, but only after I've built a relationship with them. So meeting new people or the idea of the standard networking where you go and just talk to a lot of strangers, really not my cup of tea. But if I can have a genuine conversation with someone for five minutes, then I'm completely comfortable all of a sudden. And what that's meant for me from a career standpoint is I can see, 
you know, there are obviously situations where I need to be out in front with clients and people I don't know. But knowing that allows me to build in some processes that help me get over that initial kind of hesitation. So setting up meetings in advance, kind of doing a little research about someone so I have more of a connection with them instead of just having to walk up blind and and introduce myself. It's not that I don't have to do those kind of harder situations for me, but it's that I am aware that those are hard. And instead of trying to avoid them all the time, I can be more intentional about how to navigate that more successfully. That's super cool. And what I hear you saying is maybe even an example of how to work within your strengths versus mm-hmm. instead of you going to all the networking events and saying, I'm just, I just got to do this. This is something I just right. got to do. I'm just got to get better at it. Instead, you've adopted a completely different approach and said, hey, I know that meeting new people is important and that goal is important, or maybe I need to meet specific people, but I can work around it with my strengths. And something you do amazingly well is connecting with people one-on-one in very with very insightful conversation and you're really great observationally and you come off as really, really genuine. And so what I hear you saying well, thank is, you. yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> meant to be a compliment. compliment. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the more that you have been able to observe that about yourself, what I hear you saying is that you can work with that rather than against it. Mm-hmm. And develop processes that work, that don't push you into those areas of your, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, weaknesses. We don't believe that there are weaknesses, but more anti-strengths sure, or things that are not strengths necessarily. Yeah, for sure. When you think about your role and you think about over the last year and a half, what else have you observed that is just a much better fit? with your strengths overall? And just give me maybe one or two examples of what that looks like. So it's easier to explain based on where I was before versus now. So the difference, I think. But I was in a client-facing consulting role before. And anytime a client said something, it felt like you had to drop everything and respond and that they had to be correct. And I mentioned I like to be the one who makes decisions. So that kind of ate away at me a little bit. I'd kind of in, be muttering under my breath that, you know, I don't, I don't think this is the right decision. I don't think this is important and try to explain my point. But at the end of the day, I have to kind of go ahead and, and appease the client. So now that I'm not in a direct client facing role, I get to make decisions based on stakeholder input, of course. But at the end of the day, the decision is kind of mine if I can justify it with data and kind of rationale. And that I find really fun and empowering. And while I get to have a kind of a more fun relationship with clients where I can talk to them about kind of what they want and what they need without having to answer to that that specific individual directly. Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense. And that that resonates with everything else I know about you too. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So let's go the completely opposite way for just a second here. And I want you to go way back to that point in time, maybe even three years ago from now or two years ago, where you were in that other role and mm-hmm. you already knew that you needed to get out of it, but we're trying to figure out what to do or how to go about it or what you should even be doing. Mm-hmm. So now that you're in that mindset for just a second, good or bad, then I want 
I want to just ask you, what advice would you give to other people that are in that place right now where they know that they could make a change and want to make a change? And what should they do based on your experience and what you've seen and what you've observed? Yeah, I think it sounds kind of cliche, but just be brave and make sure that you feel like you deserve it. And if you don't feel like you deserve career happiness, try to figure out why. And I think one of the the things that happened kind of outside of our conversations and before uh, I had found happened to your career was that I was kind of just feeling down all around. And the thing that actually kicked me into gear to feeling more confident and more like I deserved something different was that I did the Whole30, which is a diet. And it sounds kind of cheesy, but basically I I lost weight after having my daughter and felt like myself again. I think for women in particular, having kids can kind of mess with all sorts of things physically and emotionally. And so it was the first time I felt like myself. And then because I felt like myself again, I was ready to act on what I knew I deserved. But I don't think I could have felt that I don't think I would have been ready for something like happened to your career if I hadn't first taken control of this other part of my life. That's really interesting. I don't think we've talked about that ever. And I think that's, again, see, here you go, being super (laughs) insightful again. You can't even help it. (laughs) But I I think that people do experience that again and again. And here's one of the crazy things that we see because I'm a data junkie and love the science and the research and the psychology Mm -hmm. behind a lot of what we get to do, the work with people. But we see again and again that often the people who we work with that are most successful the most quickly are those people that have done exactly what you've done, where they are coming off some other type of small success or mm-hmm. even large success or change in some way in their in their life and have a little bit of confidence or it's a win that has been associated with that. And that just, yeah. well, and I think you put it really, really well, making sure that you feel like you're in a place where you feel like you deserve it. That is awesome. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of work, right? And if, if you're not committed or you don't feel like you deserve it, it's so easy to just say, well, I'll wait another day and that day becomes a year. But you have to be brave enough and feeling deserving enough to take the plunge and then dedicate some time and energy to it. Laura, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm always excited to chat with you, but this has been, yeah, absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for making the time and taking the time amongst everything else with (laughs) multiple kids and a role that is semi new in the last year and a half and everything else that's going on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, many of the stories that you've heard on the podcast are from listeners that have decided that they wanted to take action and taken the first step of having a conversation with our team to try and figure out how we can help. And if you want to if you want to implement what you have heard and you want to completely change your life and your career, then let's figure out how we can help. So here's what I would suggest. Just open your phone right now and open your email app and I'm going to give you my personal email address. 
scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Just email me and put conversation in the subject line. And then when you do that, I'll introduce you to the right person on our team and you can have a conversation with us. We'll try and understand your goals and what you want to accomplish in your career, no matter where you're at. And we can figure out the very best way that we can help you and your situation. So open it up right now and send me an email with conversation in the subject line. Scott at happenedyourcareer.com. Since I started this podcasting company way back in 2013, we've worked with so many people that have spent years or even decades climbing to the top of the corporate ladder only to realize it's not what they really want or that they have you know, checked off all their goals, been promoted very fast, taken all of the jobs that have been put in front of them, done an amazing job, and it's no longer what they want. And they're faced with a decision. Stay in a role they worked so hard for or leave it and start over. Now, If you're like me, that sounds like a terrible choice. Fortunately, there are so many other options that actually work far better than either of these two that I just presented. And people in the organization agreed with it and were on board with it, but I really wasn't. So I kind of was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I also think I was at a point at that point, 15 years of retail, where maybe I need to do something different. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out. 